this is the third message of a message that I intended to be one. But what else? You know, what else is different? What else has changed? Nothing. What else is new? I intended this to be one message, but it's turned into three. It's probably going to go to four, and that means seven. <laughs> but I want to welcome everybody this morning. You know, I, I, I like to give warnings. Don't warn them until you bring them. I'll warn them from here. <laughs> bring them, and then I'll warn them. Now, all that you're going to get this morning and this afternoon is Bible, Bible, Bible. That's it, the Word of God. And the Word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. I marvel at all the churches that don't preach the Word of God in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1. 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. And John chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. I'm screwing up the verse, but it's John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There we go. So whatever you hear, it's Bible. I'll tell you if it's my opinion, or you'll just know if you have any common sense that it's a story about me, or it's a story about something else, or it's not the Word of God. But what you'll hear in here, if you are new, is you will hear the Bible, which is an offense to most Christians. The Bible is antithetical to being Christ-like to most Christians. Can you believe that's how far that the church has fallen? Where the Bible is now not Christ-like to most Christians? And the, po the power of God is not even welcome in the place because it might be offensive to people who don't receive the power, so we're gonna have none instead. We're not going to welcome the Holy Ghost into the room because some people aren't going to welcome the Holy Ghost and we don't want to offend them, so Holy Spirit, stay out. We'll put some flags out on the street. We'll do some giveaways at the end of the month. We're giving away a jet ski on Pastor Appreciation Day. A bunch of substitutes for the Holy Ghost. How about let's get really into God himself? Instead of religion, listen, the modern evangelical church likes to mock like Lutherans and Catholics. They're really not much different. They have their own rules and regulations that are nowhere in the word of God. They're just, they're just religion. Just because it's Pentecostal religion or just because it's an evangelical religion doesn't make it any less religious. It's still religion. We need to just let the Holy Ghost come here. John chapter three, verse eight style. Let the wind blow where it wishes. Have your way. Don't worry. I'll control the lunatics. I know them. I spot them. Don't worry. I will take care of them. A lot of you are worried. You know, you're like, well, I've seen abuse. Oh, of course. We've all seen abuses. I'll control the abusers. Don't worry. I'll humiliate them in front of everybody without hesitation. Listen, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 900 people in this building this morning. There'll be about, we broke the record last week, there's 354 people watching us live. And I won't hesitate to humiliate any lunatic in front of all those people. 
I'll just send, simply send the goon squad to usher them out. Don't worry. So just relax. Enjoy Pentecost. Enjoy the Holy Ghost. If he knocks you to the ground, he knocks you to the ground. If he raises you up, he raises you up. If he tears you down to edify you later, then just simply receive it. It's God. Trust him. It's not me. I'm not coming home with you today. Don't worry. I'm not following you home to examine your life and to criticize your life and to judge your life. I'm not going to do any of that. But the Holy Ghost will. And the Holy Ghost can. And you should just welcome him in. You can trust him. Amen. So I've been talking about fake Christians. which launched into fake churches, fake pastors, fake prophets, fake evangelists, fake overall churches, whatever it may be. A lot of people are afraid to talk about fakes because it'll offend the fakes. I talk about lunatics, even though it offends the lunatics. I talk about weird Christians. There's some weird Christians in here. They just won't dare be too weird around me. I'm not afraid to tell you about weird Christians. If you come up and you start talking to me and I know that you're weird, I'll correct you for your weirdness. Stop, you're weird. If you're at the door, I may just start going, you know, all righty, have a good day. So how do you know if it's a fake church? How do you know if it's a fake pastor, or fake teacher, fake evangelist, fake prophet? How do you know? Amen, brothers and sisters. You just said it. Absence of the word. And I'm going to give you some examples this morning. Absence of the word. That's how you know that something or somebody is fake. Absence of the word of God. Are they avoiding verses? Why would you ever avoid a Bible verse? Listen, there are Bible verses I don't like. They convict me. And you see, conviction has been inverted into condemnation. Just because you're convicted doesn't mean anybody is condemning you. Conviction is staunch correction. Condemnation is labeling you as useless. Has that ever been done at this church? Never. What you are feeling is conviction. Not condemnation. I would never tell a human being that's still breathing that they're useless. A dead one? Yeah. Because it's, it's already sealed, it's already done if you're dead. You're either in heaven or you are in hell automatically. So there's no point in putting value on a dead body. But for you're still breathing, you will never hear me condemn you. Condemn you is just condemnation in the church now is anything out of Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, but condemnation now means anything that's offensive. 
Oh, I, you know, I felt a little condemned. You know, I went there and, you know, the pastor started talking about pornography and I'm addicted to pornography. And I, he talked about it and said, I'm going to hell if I don't repent. And I felt condemned. You should. You are condemned unless you repent. But what you really felt was not condemnation from me. What you felt was conviction. And you can enable any sin or any failing under that umbrella. When it's confronted, it's not condemnation. It's conviction. Nobody has deemed you useless. That's what they do when they condemn a building. They get a tag on it from the county or from the city. They put a tag on it that says, it is now useless. Condemn it. Tear it down. It's not what you're receiving today. So how do you know if a pastor, a teacher, or a church is fake? Absence of the word. They preach heaven, but not hell. How many of you went to churches for years before you went to this one? And by the way, I know it's many of you, so don't hide. How many of you went to churches that never talked about hell? You, you, know, you know why they closed during COVID, which is why a lot of you came here? I see my sisters from Naples over here. I'm gonna tell you, they drive all the way up, the Na all the way up from Naples because there ain't nowhere else to go. Because all those churches that never preached hell, that means their entire church does not have a revelation of Jesus who is the word of God. So they thought capitulation is Christ-like. Because they have no revelation. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They don't have any. Because they've never been preached the fear of the Lord. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10, 28. What's the verse before that? Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Was it ever preached? That's why they have no revelation of how to respond to the antichrist spirit, none. Everything is inverted for them. Conviction is condemnation. The word they think is not Christ-like, even though it is Christ, because it's inverted. Because nobody actually preaches the word to them. They preach heaven, but not hell. I have a list. Forgiveness, but not repentance. I mean, even though we're forgiven, and you know what, there isn't any sin that's too big that God won't forgive. That's not true. It's not remotely true. What's the sin God won't forgive? Unbelief. If you don't, and unbelief is determined by you activating your faith towards grace, Ephesians chapter eight, Ephesians chapter two, eight and nine, and through repentance. To whom did he swear that they would not enter in, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That sin will not be forgiven. If you choose not to believe, not to repent, repentance is belief. But they preach forgiveness, but no repentance, and you can't be forgiven without repentance. It's not a, it's not a series of trials and errors. It's not God just, you know, if, when it comes to mood, softening your personality, 
being smarter, making better decisions, tithing, praying, studying the word, those things are processes. Sin is not a process. Please understand the difference. I preached either entire messages on this or I preached big sections of messages on this. There is a big difference between sin and everything else. If you don't pray, that's not a sin, it's just stupid. Stupid is not a sin. If you are a lousy husband, and I'm not talking about adultery, that's sin. If you're just a lousy husband, it's not a sin to be a lousy husband. I mean, you'll be sexless, and you're stupid, but it's not a sin. If you have your kids in here, it's your fault. Oh, kids wing right here. Oh, my. There, isn't a, there is not an age group that is not accommodated. It's your fault. Wait till I start talking about lopping off penises and testicles in a minute. They talk about benefits with no cost. That's why all the Word of Faith church is closed. I love the Word of Faith. I'm a Word of Faith guy. Those are the people that I listen to. And I'm not talking about the individual preachers. I'm just talking about the churches. I was watching one this morning. Closed. They're all sitting there in the COVID clumps. It was an old YouTube video. It's watching it while I was riding the elliptical. I'm like, well, they're, they're closed. And they didn't have an altar call because of COVID. How are you word of faith? So they don't, because they are only receiving benefits without cost, forgiveness without repentance, and heaven without hell. They don't know how to respond to the Antichrist because they think the Antichrist is Christ. For there shall arise false prophets. They shall, Matthew 24, 24. There shall arise false, false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. COVID is a sign and a wonder. It's amazing how it fooled people. And the next one's coming. Right now they're trying climate change. Let's see how the church responds. Yeah, the climate changed this morning. I noticed that my sunglasses are fogging up just like they do every August. I walked outside, I was rendered blind. <laughs> Climate has changed. There's a virus, there's always viruses. Kindness they preach, but no obedience. How kind are you by telling people they don't need to obey? They preach the world loving you and no persecution. They, they actually believe that you are righteous if the world loves you. The world is controlled by the prince of the power of the air. And that world loves you so you're righteous? And I'm just using COVID as an example. And by the way, they just came out again and are recommending masks again. So for those of you that think that it's over, it's never over. It's never over until you stand. 
and not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Until you stand, they're gonna come over and over and over again. The same demonic activity. Demons are eternal, you're eternal, angels are eternal, God's eternal, Satan's eternal. All of us are gonna live forever. So the same demons that were doing what they did in the 1930s and 40s are doing it now. Same exact thing. Ban speech, experimental, experiment on humanity. Goebbels, Mengele, Hitler, same thing. Can't buy, sell, trade, or travel 15-minute cities. And you're like, well, there are no 15-minute cities here. Yeah, not here yet. If Andrew Gillum was governor, Northport would be a 15-minute city right now. That's why you need, listen, I'm telling you, you want a war? You need to write a list of humanity of who you want taken out of power. I'm talking about harming them. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm talking about praying these people out of power. You can. Or are you gonna comply? Or are you just gonna store food? Getting off topic, but again, What else is new? (laughs) A lot of people live under false presumptions. I'm gonna store food, store gold, store cash. What's that gonna do when none of it means anything? Where are you gonna store your food when they take your house? Well, I'll just move to my car. Your car, you can't get gas. What are you gonna do in your car? Sitting in in the Foundation Church parking lot right now, it's 98 degrees outside with 100% humidity. People don't think you'd better stand because there's nowhere to retreat. And this is what the church should be preaching to people because this is about Revelation 13 and 14. This isn't politics. Ever read the book of Revelation 13 and 14 and the entire book of Revelation? It's not politics. It's unfolding right before your very eyes. But people think I'm gonna store up if you are unable to pay for your bill, unable to pay your bills, not because you don't work, but because they've turned the faucet off to your cash, CBDC currencies and social credit systems, which are precursors to the mark of the beast, if you can't see it, you're not living in revelatory knowledge of the word of God. You're blind. You might be sitting here right now, oh, here comes one of these Trump pastors. You can call me whatever you want. I'm not a Trump pastor. I can't stand what Donald Trump did with COVID or vaccines. I just vote for the people who don't butcher babies. He doesn't butcher babies, so I vote for him. <clears throat> but people think, I, I'm gonna just keep retreating and I'm gonna keep giving, and I'm gonna just keep giving seeding ground. It comes a place there's nowhere else to give. You store all the cash you want, but when cash is meaningless and you can't pay your property taxes, they're gonna come take your house. So where's all your food storage gonna be then? And all your guns and your ammo. And I do all that, by the way. Because the way I look at it is at least I got a year. And I don't know if you've guessed this or not, but I don't go quietly. <laughs> Ever. Amen. But they actually preach the world loving you, and they don't preach anything about persecution. If you're preaching the word of God or you're living the word of God, 
you will suffer persecutions. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Offenses will come. It's going to happen. But they don't preach it. So people don't know what to do. So even in these, in these lukewarm churches where somebody decided to stand, they were persecuted not only from the world but from their own church. And you're really lacking compassion, aren't you? You won't, you won't stand six feet apart. You won't wear a mask. You won't drive an electric vehicle to save the planet. Oh, you bought that F-250 diesel? Oh, yeah. I'm spewing carbon all over the place on purpose. This carbon doesn't do nothing. CO2 doesn't hurt anything. Never has, never will. Has no impact at all. But you'll, you'll lack compassion because I won't drive around one of your EV cubicles. Because it'll just bounce from one thing to the other. So, they, so Christians who are in these churches, these fake churches that don't preach the word of God, they think persecution means you're wrong. But what does the word of God say in Matthew chapter five, verses 11 and 12? Blessed are you when people persecute you. Blessed are you when people speak evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. They don't know how to respond. They think that they're outside of the will of God because they're being persecuted by followers of the CDC inside and outside of their own church. The CDC has done nothing but lie. World Health Organization, nothing but lie. The federal government, nothing but lie. Lies, 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 cover-ups, lies. And we in the church need to be addressing it. Not hiding from it and pretending like it's love to avoid it. Let, pretending like it's love not to address it. So here's my examples for you. You thought, you thought I already gave you some examples. Here's some more. They will preach 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. They'll teach you that. They don't really preach the second part of it. And make it manifest the Sabbath's knowledge by us in every place. They will smell God through you. They won't preach that part because that's too controversial, but they will preach the first part. So again, they're taking it upon themselves to add to the word or subtract to the word or subtract from the word, thereby adding to themselves the plagues that are written in the book, taking themselves out of the Lamb's book of life. It is that serious revelation. You won't hear that either. Many of you have never heard that. It's the truth. They'll preach that verse, the part of that verse, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. They'll never actually define what in Christ means, though. In Christ means, if you love me, you obey my commands. John 14, 15. 1 John 5, 7. This is love for God to obey his commands. That's triumphing in Christ. Not because you said a sinner's prayer. That meant nothing. And you said the sinner's prayer, that isn't really a sinner's prayer, but more of a pledge of devotion to that church and then drove home with your girlfriend that you're living with. So being in, they don't even know what in Christ means. Except, the, they, well, they, they know what it means, but it's false. Because their definition of in Christ is wrong. Their definition of in Christ is just a member of this lukewarm church. 
And it doesn't matter how you live, it's just grace, grace, grace. There's no sin that you can commit that God won't forgive. All lies. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like the prince of the power of the air. So they'll preach that, but they won't preach James 1.21. Listen to this one. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluidity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save your souls. Why is that not preached? Have you ever heard that verse before? If you come to this church, you have heard some of these things and a lot of these things because I've never, I've never hesitated to preach the word of God. Anything outside of the word of God for me is boring. It's not even necessarily my righteousness or my conviction. It's fleeing boredom. I'd be bored. I can't imagine preaching the lukewarm messages that I've watched. I can't imagine it. So they will preach this. Here's another example. They'll preach John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Totally true. But they won't preach the preceding verse. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Why does nobody preach that? If you don't preach it, you're a fake. If you don't believe it, you're a fake. This is Christianity. There is no Christianity that exists outside of these Bible verses. There is no Christianity that exists outside of the word of God. It's it. Who are you to change it? Well, I don't think that God's loving enough. He is God. He is love. First John 4, 16, God is love. No translation needed. God is love. That's it. No interpretation. No translation needed. God is love. Who are you to change it in the name of love? This is love. Who's talking right here? That would be Jesus himself. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire and burned. Yes, does that destroy Calvinism? Yes. In one verse. Tom, that, man, you actually say from the pulpit things against Calvinism? Of course. It's heresy. It's not the Bible. It's heresy. How, do you, how in the world do you think you can ever lose your salvation when Jesus uses the word remain? Well, they were never saved to begin with. And what are they remaining from? It all, I mean, it's all absolute asinine idiocy. Everything you see in the church mirrors it. You can never lose your salvation when Jesus uses the word remain. Remain means abide, by the way, same exact thing. Well, it's the same, the church is mirroring the asinine idiocy of the world. You know, there's never been one successful sex change operation? Ever. Not one. And they're telling the world through that idiocy is telling people they can change their sex. You can lop off whatever you want. Go ahead, lop it off. You're still the same exact person. You can lop on and sew on whatever you want. I'll use men as an example. Lop off all you want, invert all you want, 
Still ain't got no ovaries. Still ain't got no uterus. Yeah, I could get really graphic right now. You can put things in wherever you want. You ain't never creating a baby. To believe otherwise is idiocy, and the church bowing to it is no more idiotic than putting a mask on. It's idiotic. Tom, get over the mask. I will when they stop when they stop pushing them on society. The church should be responding to what the antichrist is pimping. You can't restrain and comply at the same time. When they stop, I'll stop. I'll stop, I'll stop talking about abortion when they stop murdering 40 to 60 million babies a year. And then wanna save your life with a mask. Asinine idiocy. And the church shouldn't be acting like it's not asinine idiocy. Say what it is. The the world should be petrified of the power and the truth coming out of churches. Petrified of us. Not coming to us as allies. You know, we met with all the pastors. And they've all agreed, just like McDonald's and Burger King, the local whorehouses and, and cannabis shops and strip, and strip clubs, they've all agreed that we're all in this together. They've decided to yoke themselves together with unbelievers and do exactly what the world's doing. No. Never. Another example. They will preach, by his stripes you are healed. Vaguely, vaguely. Well, you know, that means a lot of different things. No, it doesn't. It's 1 Peter 2, 24. It doesn't mean a bunch of other things. Forgiveness is already discussed. That he took up our infirmities, he carried our diseases is two different things. His forgiveness for sin is the first part of the verse. By his stripes you are healed is the second part of the verse speaking about sickness, illness, disease, and infirmity. It's very controversial to say this, but every Christian should be well and wealthy because that's the guarantee of the word of God. They'll they'll preach by a stretch of you, but you know what that means is, um, that means you're forgiven of your sins. And emotionally and spiritually, you are healed. That's not what it means. That is not what it means. It means your body. So if you go further and you go back into Matthew chapter 8, 16 and 17, that he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases, what does that mean? Vague pastor, pastor skip verses. Here's pastor skip. He's just, just a wonderful person. Hey, can we get pastor skip over for dinner this week? Two different things. Forget, just like I told you earlier, there's a difference between sin and everything else, and there's a difference between by his stripes you are healed of sickness, illness, disease, and infirmity, 
and healed of the consequences of sin. The consequences of sin were healed on the cross. The consequences of illness were healed by his stripes. Two different things. Embrace it. Well, I, you, a lot of people, they'd rather just be offended. I've been sick for a long time and it doesn't work, so I'm just gonna sit. Why don't you just try again? What do you have to lose? You have absolutely nothing to lose. Well, I'll look silly in front of people. Who cares? The, the, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Be foolish. It's 1 Corinthians 1.25. Matthew, so they'll preach by his stripes you are healed. And we're probably going to go into two different channels when it comes to this message series because I want to do more on unbelief than I'm going to do today and more on the Holy Ghost than I'm going to do today. As most Christians, even, I mean, I'm going to even say this, especially Pentecostals have no clue about either one. Because they're following assembly of God doctrine, doctrines of men, and not the word of God. And, my, and here's the thing, I'll take that back. It's not really the assembly of God's doctrine, because the assembly of God doctrine is good. It's just how it's been mutated over the years in individual churches and preached. So they'll preach by his stripes, we are healed, but they won't preach, Matthew 17, 14 through 17. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus' response, you unbelieving and perverse generation. You bunch of unbelieving perverts. That's what he said. That doesn't get preached in church? Why doesn't that get preached when Jesus said it and it's a church about Jesus? It's a church based on Jesus. Jesus said that these people are a bunch of unbelieving perverts, which by the way, that's what I was too. Jesus said it, why does it not get preached? Well, we could offend people. Why are you adding to the word? Why are you subtracting from the word to not offend people? Does that not qualify you under Revelation 22, 18 and 19 to not add or subtract from his word? Plagues out of the book of life, out of your place in the holy city. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things that are written in this book. Pastors don't preach that to themselves either while they're adding and subtracting at will. I won't do it. I know because I pastor and because I preach that my, my judgment is more strict than yours. James chapter three, verse one. I'm not gonna be responsible for it. God will not be able to say, Tom, you held back. So they'll preach by your stripes, you're healed. Verse 16, I brought them to your disciples, but they could not heal them. Why don't they address it? Ain't nobody being healed in their fake church. So shouldn't you address it? 
It's addressed in the Bible. You're a Christian. Jesus is the word. Why is it not addressed? Because you're a fake. Some of you that are watching right now, it's probably between three and 400 people that are watching. You need to send this to people and say, why are you fake? You've given them decades already. A lot of you went to these churches for decades. For decades you went to these churches and they never said a word. They never said it. They never said any of these things. They're fake. They're frauds. Verse 17. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Why is that not addressed? All you ever do is vaguely say, by his stripes you're healed. Emotionally, spiritually, no, physically. That's what that, that's all that verse means. It's all it means. But you don't want to offend people who want to hold on to their infirmities. You don't want to offend people who prayed and it didn't work. I prayed it didn't work, I'm not offended. If I prayed for somebody and it didn't work, and then Jonathan Shuttlesworth prayed over the person and it did work, I'd rejoice in it. I'd be like, somewhere the unbelief was broke. Because the problem is unbelief. You're like, but I do, but listen, you can mix this. You need to watch, you need to watch sermon series from Charles Capps. Brilliantly teaches about belief and unbelief versus, versus actually faith and unbelief and faith and doubt. Faith and unbelief is you have faith in God, maybe even saved. You are, let's just say you are saved. Faith and doubt is, you know what? There's just a part of me. I, I do believe God can. I do believe he's fully capable, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. I don't know if it'll work. That's faith mixed with doubt. Faith, faith mixed with unbelief is that you have the faith and you know the word and reject it. All of these people that Jesus is talking about, you unbelieving and perverse generation, had lived in the synagogue. They knew who the Messiah was. They knew the Messiah would be raised from the dead and give sight to the blind, provision to the poor. They knew all that and rejected it. It's unbelief. Don't let that be you. Most of us, well, I'm not gonna say most of us. A lot of us struggle with unbelief. A lot of us struggle with doubt. But it's never addressed in the fake churches. By his stripes you're healed. And I've got to hurry because I've got to get to this one part that you've got to hear. And I might skip it, skip to it at some point. It's 11.37. Matthew 17, 18 through 21. And Jesus, so he says, bring the boy here to me. How long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy here. Do, do church hold themselves accountable to these verses? They even bring in people forward at all to be prayed over? They hold them, listen, I hold myself accountable to these verses. If nobody's being healed, then somebody's got unbelief. It's me, it's you, it's somebody. They don't hold themselves accountable to it, they just don't, they just don't pray. That way nobody will know. Fake! Fake. And that's why they don't know how to respond. Their faith is, absolute, is, is actually mutated faith. Commandments of men. 
They don't hold themselves accountable for this. You should be mad if you're not healed. I'm mad all the time if I'm not exactly where I'm supposed to be in health. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. Verse 17, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. By the way, Jesus isn't here. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He's got a bunch of vessels filled with the Holy Ghost. So we should be saying, bring the boy here to me. But that's not happening in the fake churches. And if it's not happening, the church is fake. Verse uh, 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. The, verse 19. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you, can't, you will say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Amen. How about this kind go without out but by prayer and fasting? Verse 21. Is that a special demon? It's a special kind of demon. It requires prayer and fasting to get out. We've got to really prompt God. God is not prompted by us, folks. He's already accomplished everything. Prayer and fasting allows you to release the flow. It's all that it is. God does not move because of your prayers or because of your fasting. God moves in response to your faith. What do I mean by that? When you access it, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 5.2. Right? All that faith does is all of God's provision. Picture that big gray wall over there. All of God's provision is behind that wall of unbelief. It's pressurized water, like at a dam, like at Hoover Dam. Pressurized. If you take out one of those cinder blocks in that wall, that water will shoot to the other wall. That's when you got saved. Now, how many of the, how many of the rest of those bricks are you going to take down? Most people stop at the one and they go to the fake church, settle in and hope to make it to heaven. Believing that heaven is their ultimate reward, which is a contradiction, contradiction to scripture. Now this is eternal life. Anybody want to know? Do you? Or you just want to wait for heaven? There's some young people in here. You got a long way to go. And even the older people, you're not really old. You're just old by AMA standards. Supposed to live to 120. So this is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life. Knowing God starts now. Yes, your body will eventually quit if Jesus doesn't come back first. But knowing God is eternal life. How do you know God in the new covenant? Holy Ghost. Bring him in. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That's how you know God. 
If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke eleven thirteen. You ever just asked him? So many Pentecostal people. I don't even know how you survive in this church without the Holy Ghost. You never asked him into your life. Or you're the gatekeeper of your life. You shouldn't be a gatekeeper. You should be a conduit. Holy Ghost flowing in and out of you endlessly. In and out of you endlessly. But many of us are too hardened. Many of us are too type A. I'm in control. I want to accomplish this. What does that mean? I've seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Ecclesiastes 1.14. Who cares what you accomplish? Jesus in me is all that matters. That's it. It's all that is eternal. All of our accomplishments, all of our careers, all of our houses, all of our cars will be burned up. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire in, it, in the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Amen. Twinkling of an eye. So why? Why put all of your stock into that? Why not just ask the Holy Ghost to come in and run the show? He's God. He's worthy. It's not a democracy. It's not a democracy. And he's gonna come in though. By the way, he's gonna come in with conviction. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. John 16, 7 and 8. He'll bring in conviction and stop telling you, to stop te- he will tell you to stop being a moody, bipolar fool. You should see it. Some faces on that are good. Some faces are not. Because you think moods are reality. Moods are nothing more than gas. Nothing more than burps, nothing. You're run by them. So you are run by gas. That's all they are. Biochemical reactions, just like gas. Just like when you eat a big chunk of beef, It's a biochemical reaction. Moods are no different. Mom ain't happy, the whole house isn't happy. You need to get past that, Mom. Stop stop inflicting yourself on everybody else. Man or woman, husband or wife, child or anybody else. Stop inflicting your moods on everybody else. Where the heck was I? Oh, here we go. <laughs> they will preach. Another example. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Nice and vague. What does that mean? And we just, uh, just, let's just pray. I see people put it, you've heard me say this 500 times. You know, everyone, I just want everyone to pray for me. Oh, they put it out on social media. It's everybody's life this day, social media. You know, just asking everybody to pray for me. How do you want me to pray? I don't even respond anymore, but I actually, I shouldn't say anymore. I never did. What do you pray for what? 
But let him ask in faith with no doubting. How do I pray without specificity? Without doubting. Pray, what am I praying over? Put out something. If you're like, I'm depressed, pray that the depression would lift. Okay, no problem. I can pray there. Pray that God would see me through. And not praying that. It's not, a, it's not a biblical prayer. I'm not praying something that's not the word of God. If I'm a Christian, then I need to be praying Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. I'm not going to pray something that's not Jesus in Jesus' name. Pray that God sees me through. That's not a biblical prayer. What do you want? I sprained my ankle. Just pray that God sees me through. No. Pray that God heals me. Okay. No problem there. I'll pray that with you. If you're ready to receive. So they'll pray. Pray without ceasing. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Starts off with rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For that's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is true. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's the entire verse. I just pray without ceasing. What about rejoice evermore and quenching not the spirit and giving thanks in all things, which is mirrored, of course, in Philippians 4, 6, and 4, 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I just start thanking God in the morning. I start thanking him. Thank you, Lord, of this. Thank you, Lord, for that. It's done with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. You're welcome. So they'll pray Pray without ceasing because it's nice and vague. There's no consequence. Just pray about it, you know, we'll just pray. Um, can we call the prayer chain for what? So we, can, so we can usher in more unbelief? But they won't preach expectation because it's too risky. I expect to be made well, I expect to prosper. I expect the business deal to go through. When we were getting this building, I expect to get the building. I wasn't looking for anybody, you know, just I would like to put it out to the church for everyone to just pray for Pastor Tom through the process. What 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 is the process? Pray that the building comes into the hands of the ministry. That's it. If you, don't, if you don't go to a church that preaches this, just stick with us online. Which one's the camera's on, green or red? Red's on, okay. Stick with us. Don't go to, don't go to a crappy church. Don't do it. I wouldn't have said that 41 months of 15 days to flatten the curve ago, but I'm saying it now. You're better off just sticking with us. If something opens in your area, and listen, I don't mean this the way that it sounds, but I do mean it the way that it sounds. If they don't preach like me, I'm not talking about screaming, I'm just talking about preaching the word. Don't go there. People always come up to me, they always do. But, you know, there's people that have, like, moved away or whatever, not just the people that I've run off. <laughs> people move away. They'll come back and say, hey, you know what? 
we found a church and the pastor's just like you. I'm like, no, he's not. I mean, and listen, I'm not talking about my personality. I'm talking about what he's willing to say. And I, I start quite, oh, really, will he say this? Well, not really to that degree, but okay. It's no degrees, it's the Bible. Why wasn't the boy healed? Unbelief. There's no pat on the head, nice try. It's all a process. It's not a Bible verse. So I won't preach it. So they will preach, pray without ceasing, but they won't preach Matthew 21, 21 and 22, which is expectation. Expectation is risky. You come up to me and you tell me that you're sick today. I'm gonna say not for long. Expectation. I never fully know whether or not I'm gonna pray over people at the end or not, but I usually end up doing it. But I go with expectation. Whatever it is that you want, I believe that God will meet that need today. Period. That's what I believe. So Jesus answered, we're in Matthew 21, 21, and 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, and do not doubt. Let me put my own translation on that. If you have faith and don't mix it with doubt, you will, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, and let me put my own translation on that, and whatever things you ask in prayer, expecting, you will receive. I don't want to exuberantly clap, so I'm going to clap with a golf clap because I'm not fully committed because if I'm fully committed, that means that either I've been wrong or I might offend people who are wrong. This is true. Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. Every man's experiences are lies in comparison to the truth of God's word. Even if it didn't work, that doesn't mean God's word is not true. That means that somebody wasn't true. God's word is true. You're like, Tom, do you hold yourself accountable to this? Absolutely. Every time that I wasn't healed in the time that I wanted to be healed, you can ask my wife. I, would, I always tell her, I know it's not God. It's me. I never blame God. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Another one, Luke 17, five and six. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. It's not a biblical prayer. Jesus addresses it. You have received the measure of faith. Everybody has. Anybody who is saved has received the, Romans 12, three, measure of faith. Don't ask God to increase it. How are you asking him to increase perfection? It's just you've never gotten rid of the doubt. You have faith hindered by doubt or faith hindered by unbelief. That's why the mountains don't move. A lot of you have not because you ask not. You don't even ask. Lukewarm, fraudulent churches will tell you that the will of God is endlessly unfolding 
beyond any, any Christian's activity or besides any Christian's activity. That God's will, everything that's happening is God's will. That's not true. Then that means the book of James chapter four is invalid. Yet you have not because you ask not. They, they teach you some sort of superfluous, ambiguous will of God that unfolds despite anything you do. It's not true. If you're not wealthy, God's will is not unfolding in your life. Because he died for you to have wealth. 2 Corinthians 8 9. And I say this verse all the time because I want to give you equal time. Most of you have been taught that poverty is an attribute. It is not. It is a detriment. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, so if he's rich and you've been giving everything in Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter one, verse three, then you should be rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, just like he became sin, that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, I'd rather stay poor. So you can never feed the poor then? If you're poor, you can't feed the poor. I just think it's a real, okay, so you're willing to let people die. Somewhere in the neighborhood, three to 400 million people died because of the lockdowns. As they tried to save 5 million people from dying of COVID, their estimate of death is 5 million to 18 million people died of COVID. That's how close they are. That's the experts. They got it within 13 million. That's the experts. So they're trying to save 5 million people and they killed three to 400 million, primarily children when they locked down the first world. Because when you lock down the first world, you starve to death the third world. So Christians would rather be poor and let people starve to death when you have a covenant guarantee of wealth where you could send them endless provision because you think it's an attribute to be poor. Get quiet in here now. Whenever you talk about money, you think I'm gonna start passing offering plates around right now, don't you? I don't pass around offering plates. I will when there's guest speakers, but I don't pass around offering plates. I haven't for the entire life of this church. I've never passed it once outside of a guest speaker. I've only had a couple guest speakers. Because I don't like most preachers. They stink. They hold back. Jesus didn't hold back, so is it Christ-like to hold back? You whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, saying that to the religious elite of the day. Not only the religious elite, but the government elite of the day, because the Sanhedrin was the government under the Roman Empire. Calling them whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, Matthew 23, 27. What's the latest one that I memorized? What was it? I can't remember it. <laughs> They're new, so they, I, it's a process, so I had it, now I lost it, but. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Can't remember the chapter and verse, but that's, that's one of them. That, does that sound like they hold back? Then why, is it, why, do, why do the fake pastors hold back? They're frauds. They have, they have their own motives. Out of Romans chapter 16, 17, 18, they're actually ruled by their own belly, their own carnality. They have their, they have their own goals and motives. I'm gonna really 
heap to myself a giant congregation. And I can only do that if I water down the word. Of course, we're going to be closed for 18 months for a 99.99% survival virus. When the word of God simply says to bind and loose, and it will be bound and loosed. No sickness shall draw, shall draw near your dwelling. You know, hey, forget all that. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Jesus refuses it. Jesus will not pray a fake prayer. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would be done. It would obey you. Is that preached? No, compromise is preached. Well, you know, there's lessons to be learned in defeat. No, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. So tell me, what are your lessons that you're learning in defeat? Thank you for the one clap. And several that's rights. But many of you have learned to think that defeat is an attribute. That's, that's, that's how you learn lessons. Let me tell you how you learn lessons. This is a great way. I've learned this from Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Andrew Womack, and Rodney R. Brown. I was texting with Pastor Rodney this morning. He sends me a message and I start crying. I don't know what the problem is. It's like anointing on it. <laughs> well, you know how you can learn? Tap into people who have been there. And they will tell you how they failed, so you won't. But you're destroyed for lack of knowledge and you forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I connect with people who have accomplished more than me. And they will tell me what they did that was wrong. I didn't for the first 15 years, 16 years of my ministry, and I went basically nowhere. Above average, really it was. Church of 200 people is above average. Average church in America is less than 50. So, but that's all, I could only get 150, 50, 150-50 for, for 15 years. But when I connected with the flow of God, and I had men of God, like Pastor Rodney, like Pastor Jonathan, who could say, you know what, here's how I failed. Like, how did you learn from Pastor Jonathan? He's 13 years younger than you. I don't care. He's better. You're like, how can you say, he's better. I don't care. He's accomplished more than I have. Certainly Rodney Howard Brown has. If you go put his name on a marquee in Boone, Egypt, South Dakota, that doesn't exist. There'd be 3,000 people there that night. Put Tom Lipley on a marquee in Boone, Egypt, Tom Lipley would be there that night. If I did it as a podcast, I'd get my hundreds. So I learned from these people. You don't have to learn, you don't have to learn through the school of hard knocks. Is the school of hard knocks a Bible verse? Then reject it. That's good for everything in life. If it's not a Bible verse, goodbye. I'm out. Now let me go to the next one. So they will preach. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. Totally true. Amen? 
The moment that you get saved, John 14, 2, is activated. It's activated. He's going to prepare a place for you. For those of you that are wondering why I don't address people when they get up and leave anymore, it's because I've been burned so many times. I've made, I made a donkey's rump out of myself a couple times. Listen, once you've had to publicly apologize and then sub-publicly apologize afterwards, after the church, you learn to keep your mouth shut. There's your school of hard knocks, right? Just taught you, you don't have to be stupid like me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they'll preach in my father's house and many mansions, but we're not so. I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. But they won't preach this. They won't preach endurance. Yes, it's activated. And just for symbolism, I'm not saying any of this is true, but I believe that there's developments in heaven. I don't believe this. I'm just using this as an example. But symbolically speaking, I believe that there's developments in heaven that are partially made. Because their mansion, Jesus went to go build their mansion for them. But they didn't make it. They didn't endure until the end. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. Let me see if I can do Hebrews 3, 3 12 through 14. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. It's Hebrews 3, 12. Now let me see. In order for you to depart, would you not have to have been there? If you don't believe that, asinine idiocy. Well, they were never saved to begin with. How are they departing then? Take a vaccine to stop transmission and infection. Using a vaccine that was never tested for transmission and infection. Asinine idiocy. All the same prince of the power of the air spirit. Asinine idiocy. Same thing, though, if you don't get up in the morning because you have bipolar. Amen, sister. You need to overcome. You start talking to yourself. I do it. I'm not Mr. Sunshine yet. I'm trying to be Mr. Sunshine. I haven't, ar I haven't arrived yet. I start my morning, I get up, as soon as I rustle the right way, because I weigh so much, my side of, quiet Aaron. My side of the bed squeaks like bad. Hopes is dead silent. She's a little tiny thing. On my side of the bed, I just move and say, Rain! I'm like, I'm gonna fix that someday. It's on my list. But when my dog hears it, and his name's Addie, some of you have met him recently, come out to my house and done work in my house, which I really appreciate. I, I'm not gonna say their names in case people don't wanna be recognized. I don't wanna do that to them. But um, some great men of God have come out and put up some electric stuff and won't take my money or whatever else. Love you guys. But um, I start off my day, he'll hear that bed squeak, so he knows it's me. And he's on there, and he just comes and lays his head, staring at me right in my face. I don't feel like doing anything, but you know what? I'm like, you know what? If I pet him, my mood's going to get better. And I just start to, I love you, buddy. I love you. You're my best buddy. You're my best friend. I love you. And it gets better. And then I click on preaching. Preaching. 
and I put it on the, the soap rack or whatever you call it in the shower, and I just have a nice long hot shower with Charles Capps on, Andrew Walmack on, Jesse Duplantis on, Rodney Howard Brown on, Jonathan Shuttlesworth on. I don't any of the word of faith, guys. I'm on it. And it starts to change. It melts away. Then I go on my walk and I'm praying. And lo and behold, the day is brighter. Or you can just cave and be carnal. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile toward God, does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature, that means those controlled by your moods, cannot please God. Can't. You can't please God if you're controlled by your moods. It's just way off topic. I just go, I go. See, John, John chapter three, verse eight, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is led by the Spirit. So I just pray, I just preach what God tells me to preach. I can tell when he pops it into my mind to preach it to you. It's the Holy Ghost. And I can tell when it's my own beautiful mind too. Usually if my wife's saying, don't say it, don't say it, it's me. So they'll pray. Oh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta get to this one part. How far am I away? Holy moly, how much did I prep for this message? A long way away. All right. At 12.07, I've gotta get to the end at 12.15. So here we go. So they'll pray. I'll keep this brief. I could preach it on three hours, but I'm gonna keep it brief. In my father's house are many mansions. They preach that, but they won't preach Ephesians 5, 5 through 7. A lot of people have never heard this. For this ye know. Now, who is this written to? The church at Ephesus. The church that lost their first love eventually. For this ye know that no whoremonger. What? Whore, I told you it said whore in the Bible. And I remember when Hope refused to speak to me on the way home from a podcast. Our first night on the Christian television network, and I said pimp and whore like 47 times, because that was like the heat of it all, baby. Last night I was all fired up, and I was fired up on this one, and I was like joking with her on the way home, there's no response. My wife never doesn't talk to me. I mean, literally, I mean, never. I mean, it may have been, I think it may have been the first time you never did, was, usually she'll just clear the air and say, listen, I'm ticked off right now, whatever. They're like nothing. So I would throw out some jokes or whatever. I was in a great mood. <laughs> and she's not talking to me. And then finally she says, I just can't believe you said whore on the Christian television network. I said whore's in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I said it 47 times. But it's in the Bible. So they'll leave this whole verse out. This is written to church people. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. No inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore. You don't be partakers with them. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So you can partake. Let no man deceive you with vain words, because... 
For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So as a Christian, you can be partakers in the wrath of God? Yep. If you go back into sin, yeah, but nobody will teach you that. They'll just teach you there's a mansion waiting for you. But you have to endure unto the end. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. Hebrews 3, 11 through 14. Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. That's it. Skipping, skipping. Finishing here. I got five minutes. I, like, what clock are you on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ah. Let me just tell you this. I mean, a lot of you have heard me preach out of 2 Peter chapter 2, which is the fraudulent church. It's all built on Balaam, son of Bayar, who loved the wages of wickedness. Well, it was Balaam's sin. He was asking God to deceive the Jews. And God kept telling him no. God don't want you asking again. If God tells you to let your yes be yes, you know, we know. Is his not yes, yes? And is, his, is, is not his no, no? Don't ask him again. If you don't preach the full witness of the word in your home, in your church, in your friend group, in your world, you're inoculating people against the Jesus that you allegedly love. What is a vaccine? Controversial subject. Certainly isn't the COVID vaccines. Those aren't vaccines. Those are gene manipulators. Gene alterers. They are not vaccines. A vaccine is an introduction of a small amount of the virus, alive or dead, that makes your body immune to that virus. Very simplistic, I know. For the medical professionals in here, I know. That's stupid. I'm just telling you that is a very simplistic definition. They don't come out. There's, been, there's people in this room who know a lot more about it than I do, but I'm just telling you, very simplistic. So if you give people a little Jesus on your terms, you're vaccinating them against Jesus. You're inoculating them against Jesus because you're actually teaching them a fraudulent Jesus that they don't respect and will hate. That's why you see many pastors, because I'm talking about fake pastors today. I already picked on fake Christians, but I'll pick on you again one more time. Why many Christians don't see their kids come out of the house as Christians. Because they, they themselves are legit Christians, but they watered it down for them, their kids, inoculating their kids against Jesus. They gave them a little bit. A lifeless Jesus. A spineless Jesus. A bongo playing Jesus. A tie-dye wearing Jesus. A dope smoking Jesus. A margarita Bible study Jesus. He's not any of those things. He's pure and he's holy. He's righteous and he's powerful. If you don't preach the true word in your home, you're going to lose your kids. 
Well, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to run them out. More people have run out their kids by trying not to run them out than have kept their kids. See, you think, you think right now you've seen people get up and leave. I don't know why they're leaving. I have no idea. It's 12, I mean, it's, for most people, it's way over. Most churches, services there are 70 minutes. That's what they are. Hour and 10 minutes, whatever. We're now at uh, two hours and 10 minutes. Because we, we start at 2.05. I mean, we start at 10.05. So they're actually inoculating people. I've, I've just heard so many people. Well, you know, if you preach hard, people will leave. Yeah, but if I don't preach hard, I'm inoculating. I'm teaching them to hate God. I'm vaccinating them against God. So let me close with this. Oh, I'm only have one minute. According to my own time schedule, which I will... <laughs> will now extend. <laughs> Second Peter 2.15. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. So they have left the straight way. This is written basically to the church of Jerusalem or to the worldwide church written by St. Peter. They've left the straight way to follow a false prophet. Who left? Churches and church leaders and Christians. But he, Balaam, was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest. Listen to this line. For whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? Pastors. See, you think that I'm against you. A lot of pastors watch this. Strange, it's very strange too. Aaron picks it up because Aaron's like a worldwide monitor. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, when I say that's our worship leader and my producer of my podcast. Weird sometimes that all of a sudden other pastors pick up what I'm preaching. All of a sudden their message series becomes mine. Maybe it's because you think that I'm against you. I'm not. I'm trying to wake you up. I, without you... Without you, I wouldn't be saved. I'm preaching to the camera right now. I love Christians more than non-Christians. As you have, therefore, opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I love Christians. I even love the ones that closed. I just want you to wake up and say you were wrong. Because you're going to close again. And you still haven't changed because you've never said you were wrong. You can't admit you're wrong, then you don't know you're wrong. It's almost like unbelief and doubt. If you won't admit you're wrong, knowing that you are wrong, that's like unbelief. If you don't know you're wrong, there was doubt, but you know you're wrong. Look at where we're at. You follow the advice of just absolute liars and baby butcherers, who are now those same companies are now gonna put out drugs to lop off penises, lop off testicles, puberty blockers, same companies. How do you take a vaccine from your ideological and theological opponent? It's like going into a war. Because we're in a war. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. We are in a war. So if you were in a war with your enemy, let's just use World War I or World War II, would you go across to the Germans and say, hey! How's it going? You got anything to inject into my veins? Would you? That's what all the Christians did. 
It's exactly what all the Christians did. You're vaccinated. You need to come forward this morning, well, this afternoon, and be prayed over to get that thing out of your body. But if you look at this, if you look at this, reserved for them the blackness of darkness forever, those who are leading God's precious ones astray. Will you, listen, yes, you'll lose people, but you'll end up gaining more. That's the word of God. Because there's people in these lukewarm, fraudulent churches that weren't lukewarm before they walked in, which is the next verse. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. They're saved and they bring them back to non-salvation. For whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. While they promise them, verse 19, liberty, liberty, do whatever you want, grace, 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 grace. God's mysterious mystery shrouded in mist will will just unfold no matter what you do. While they promise them liberty, they themselves, fake church, fake pastor, they themselves are slaves of corruption. Now this is for you. For by whom a person is overcome by him also he's brought into bondage. You're in bondage to those that you listen to preach to. Who you listen to preach to. Let me say that right somehow. Whoever you listen to preaching, what's the word? I don't even know how to phrase it. Whoever you're listening to, it's who you're in bondage to. Whatever preach, there it is. Whatever preaching you're listening to, you're ushering yourself into bondage if it's not the word of God. Don't do it. This is where you hear this. This is where I'm closing. Worship team, you can make your way. This is the verse you hear me say all the time, but I'm gonna go into it in a little bit more detail. If they have escaped the corruption of the world, the poor congregations that walk into a fake church, the poor people, just stay with me. I know there's people moving around. You gotta hear this now. Gotta hear this. I'm closing right here, closing. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in and overcome, how are they overcome? Because by those great swelling words of emptiness that have allured them into being overcome. And for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in, entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Here's where I'll close. So they've gone, how are you worse off, saved and then unsaved, than you were unsaved? Because now you're unsaved and deceived. Before you were just lost. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. God would rather you be stone cold towards him than lukewarm, inoculated against Jesus. Yes. Living under your form of Christianity, your made up Christianity, which is all accommodating. It's not all. This is what this year you go, I'm, now you know I'm done. And now people are conflicted. They're inoculated. They're vaccinated, so they're conflicted now. They're worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. People who are unsaved are not conflicted. You ever, I mean, you ever met, stay with me now, stay with me. 
I'm almost done. I'll expedite things at the end. You ever, listen, God want, would rather have you hot or cold, all in or all out. You ever, un, listen, unsaved people at times, I admire their peace. They're actually very peaceful. I don't know how they are. Like if I was one of these baby butchering congressmen or senators that are like 87 years old, I'd be like any minute now, because they, they don't believe the Bible. They believe the AMA, that they're supposed to be dead between 77 and 79 in America, average age of death. So they, I'd be like, man, I'd be concerned. They're very peaceful. They go home, have their vodka and tonics. But they don't go home, they do it on the Capitol Hill too, as we've seen in numerous interviews. They're cold. They're actually more reachable than an inoculated believer. Because the inoculated believer is lukewarm and living in deception, living in conflict. Pulled back and forth all the time. Just be all in. Just be all in. Amen? Amen. There it is. I'm done. Eight minutes over. Eight minutes over. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't be the jerk in the room that looks around. Told you I'll say anything. I may call you out. Because I'm not going to have you, have you interfere with the flow of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't agree with the way you're doing an uh, altar call. I don't care. Where are you at with God? I'm asking you personally where you are at with God. It's very simple. I told you to expedite things. I'm going to expedite things. If you're a Christian and you're living in sin, not struggling with sin, conceding to sin, that's a hell-bound state to be living in. If you've never been saved, or you've been saved but only fraudulently, in other words, you're putting on a show for other people talking to you. So never been saved or backslidden is what I'm talking to. Those are the people I'm talking to. If you wanna get your life right this morning, it's not a matter of joining Foundation Church. Becoming a follower of Pastor Tom, it's all useless, garbage. Be burned up when Jesus comes back. This is about you getting right with the eternal God, the mighty God of Israel, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, getting right with them. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, how do you get right with God? You simply come to him in repentance for the forgiveness of your sin and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's all that you have to do. That's all that you have to do. Yes, you have to turn from your sin because that's faith. It's not works. It's not religion. That's faith. So if you want it, yes, you have to turn from your sin. Because that's belief. Hebrews 3, 18 and 19, that's belief. That's the only consequence for you. Jesus suffered every other consequence for you. He did it for you. Don't be worried about what I think, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Don't worry about what I think. Or any person around you, do you need to get right with God this morning? He needs your sins forgiven. If you do, I'm gonna ask you to do two things. You, do, you will never get up from your seat where you're at. And nobody knows but me, you, and God. The first thing that I'm gonna ask you to do is raise your hand. The second thing I'm gonna ask you to do is pray with everybody else. If you need to get your life right with God, right where you are at, there's already a hand up, stretch your hand boldly, high, high into the air. High into the air. I've got you all over the room. Got you, got you, 
Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. God bless all of you. Put them down. So I told you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you forward. Now what you need to do is the entire church is going to pray this out loud with you. You are praying it, and we are all praying it directly to God. And as you do, he separates you as far as the east is from the west from your transgressions. Separates you as you pray, and you are born again. Pray this prayer, everybody in the room. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Church shouts.